Friends, welcome into another edition of Deportes Nation, the soccer podcast. It's always a pleasure and an honor for you to join us. I'm Alex Parra. Beside me, you see him on screen, the co-host. I'm his co-host. He's my co-host. I guess we host together. We welcome in Victor Araiza. Victor, good day, good evening, good morning, depending on when and how people are watching or listening to us. How are you, Victor? I'm great, Alex. Uh, happy to be here uh, speaking again uh, about the beautiful game on on our uh, little space here on Deportes Nation. Uh, obviously, a big hello for, for all our listeners. It's been a little while, but uh, glad to, to be talking here again ahead of a lot of games here in 2024 and, and obviously looking forward to that uh World Cup in 2026. It, right around the corner. And, you know, I'm going to reminisce about my World Cups, uh, 90, 90, 94, 86, you know, physically being present there and what that meant to me, certainly as a youngster. You probably weren't even born, Victor, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> a lot of activity, not only the World Cup, El Plato yeah. Fuerte, the main course in 2026, but this year, a lot of competitions. We'll talk about the start of the NWSL season, the... Uh, the MLS season, we have uh, Copa America coming, we have uh, Nations League, we have CONCACAF, is it still called Champions League, Victor? The Champions Cup now. Champions Cup. So a, a lot, our, our sport continues to grow and thrive, it seems, more and more every year. That's right, the W Gold Cup as well, so the women's are going to have a their own championship here in a couple of weeks, or actually just uh, right next uh, next week, I guess. So it's, uh, it's all right here, um, you know, the calendar is full, and, and there's going to be no lack of uh, things to talk about. Absolutely. Well, why don't we start with our first topic, which is 2026, looking ahead to the FIFA World Cup coming to Canada, United States, and Mexico. Again, co-sharing it, which is another interesting proposition. But let's talk about Houston. Houston gets the, uh, the schedule. Houston at NRG, Victor, will be hosting seven matches. I don't see anything negative about any of this. No, uh, that's, you know, we heard five games. Uh, that was the expectation. And to get two knockout games, uh, I think having uh, you know, that expectation of five and getting seven, I mean, I think it's, uh, it feels great. I don't think anybody's complaining. Um, you know, seven big games. I know the, the, the comparison to Super Bowls has been thrown out there. And, and hopefully it is that type of impact. Hopefully, you know, the other thing I've heard is you know, will the, the teams, the local teams at Dynamo, the Dash, of course, uh, take advantage of that. And, uh, and, of course, in all the markets in the United States, but, of course, because we live in Houston, we focus a little bit on, on these. Um, I hope so. I hope so because uh, it would be a big missed opportunity if it doesn't. But I think organically it just has to. Well, well let's talk about that. You know, the, I, I have been in my lifetime in presenting not only this sport but others uh, skeptical at times of the so-called economic impact uh, Victor, that, that some of these events have. Yes, for some, and the way it's been presented, it's seven Super Bowls uh, in Houston. That would be over, what, uh, on roughly less than a month, right? Uh, seven big events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the stadium being full for, uh, what is it, five group stage matches, and then a round of 32, a round of 16. So there's, 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 it's amazing on the soccer side and the purity side. Uh, uh, Victor, the, the vendors that will benefit, the, the hotels that will benefit, etc. Now, not everyone can attend. One of the things here is us as locals, Victor, uh, e even press, press credentials are not guaranteed. Does this become now an elitist event like the Super Bowl where you've got $1,000 tickets plus? 
it's is it out of reach of most people and and i have to say that it may be a dream that it's here in houston but some of us may it could be any place in the world i'm not going to get close to that stadium well there is a you know like a lottery system right so i think uh, people can sign up now and i think whatever tickets are, are left or however the uh there, there is a weird way that the FIFA um, ticketing for the World Cup works, but I think uh, it almost has a, like a like a Willy Wonka, the golden ticket uh, feel to it, right? Uh, yeah. But I think even even if you get him in the secondary market, uh, you know, to have this once-in-a-life experience here, uh, you don't have to travel anywhere else. Again, the, the, just the advantages of, that comes with it, uh, the tourists from all over the world that will be visiting this city, um, even just people locally, right? Uh, not you know, not just talking about these three countries, but just regionally. Uh, Corpus Christi, McAllen, San Antonio. I mean, just and Houston itself, Katy, uh, Pearland, Pasadena. I mean, all these um, this entire community all around Houston gets to host this event. Um, some may get to feel uh, some of the trickle down, if we can call it that. Sure. Uh, local fields. Uh, we'll see how, again, the local teams uh, manage that as well. But I think it's uh, just once in a lifetime, um, you know, maybe twice in a lifetime for me because, in, uh, I, you know, I was alive for 94, but I was I was four years old. I didn't I didn't get to go to any of the games. My parents weren't, uh, you know, big soccer fans then. So there, there was, you know, I'm sure they watched it on TV, but I, I wasn't, I didn't get to be a part of that one, right? I get to be a part of this one. A lot of people will get to be a part of this one and, and take their own kids, take their own parents, their own family members and, and make it really an unforgettable event. Well, look, we, we talked a little bit about the, the accessibility of, of the event. And again, there's a, there's a finite number of tickets so, so only so right. many people can be there. I, I get that not every one of us is going to get into the room, into the building, into the stadium. Uh, the other part of it is the effect of a World Cup in this country. And, you know, co-sharing it with Mexico and Canada, that speaks of already our cooperation at the, at the level of competitions in, in CONCACAF, obviously. But, but, Victor, do you think this sets up Again, a, 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 a drive toward whatever is next in our country as far as the sport. We already have the MLS. The MLS seems to be doing well, if you look at it objectively. Um, actually, in, in a recent poll by the Pew Research Center, uh, Victor, um, baseball was no longer America's pastime. That was American football. And by the way, soccer surpassing hockey in, in that list. So do, do you expect then that the effect of the 2026 World Cup will be positive for the growth of the sport, as, as, as we mentioned back in 1994, which really started it, it what we have in MLS today? It should. Almost even by accident, it should, right? I mean, there's no... I, I can't imagine a scenario where it isn't, right? And I think... Uh, I mean, the organizers have to be some, doing something wrong if it just doesn't. Just I, again, just by accident, just by having it here, uh, the fan fest around it too. That's going to be another thing. Um, it, it's just, it's just going to be there. I mean, I don't, I don't see any way that that it doesn't. Last, last go around, um, the MLS started because of the '94 World Cup, right? And this should be, in essence, the next push forward. And and hopefully it is, and hopefully it it just sort of takes off. I think we've already started seeing some of the things you just said were you know, maybe a little bit more popular than the NHL. Uh, it should, right? It's the world's game. Uh, worldwide, more people watch the World Cup than they do 
the Super Bowl or any other event. But, you know, I, I think what you're speaking of, of course, is regionally, right? Um, I'll give you one example, right? Just ratings-wise. Uh, more people in the United States saw Messi in that beer commercial at the Super Bowl than they did in the FIFA World Cup final in, in 2022. That's, that's incredible. Uh, because, because the audience is, you know, that that's where they, you know, the U.S. still has to maybe wrestle in, in getting into the, the casual viewership. Um, and I think, you know, this World Cup sort of has to do that, right? Look, I, I, I attempted in my questions, in my comments, to find something negative, Victor, but I, I, I rarely smile, but there you see it, ladies and gentlemen. This, this what's coming in 2026 is the culmination of, of, of I think, another cycle that began in 1994. I really look at it that way. Yes, is FIFA a corrupt uh, uh, organization? Without a doubt. Yeah. Is, is U.S. soccer not the perfect organization? Absolutely. And, and we can tear it apart, Victor, and that's easy in many ways. But I'm looking at it the other way. What I've seen in my lifetime, in Houston in particular, it's a transformed landscape when it comes to our sport, and that's positive. No, absolutely. And then the biggest thing is, I mean, even just you know, I don't want to call it a necessary evil, but it's a part of it, right? The business side is a part of it. And I think the biggest, uh, I don't know if mistake, but but I feel maybe the, just the biggest uh, question, the thing that, that we're almost confused, uh, you know, guys like you and me that know the power of the sport, why haven't more people found a way to make more money off of this? when it's the, the most popular sport in the world and when it's probably maybe the most accessible. All you need is soccer ball and grass, not even grass. I mean, you play it on, on, on concrete, you play it on dirt, and, you know, it just hasn't been able to, or not, not that it hasn't been able to, I just think, you know, they just haven't tapped into it in this country. Yeah. And maybe a lot of it is to protect the other sports, but, you know, in the end, um, again, having the World Cup here, you're not going to be able to ignore it. No. No, absolutely not. So, so without a doubt, the, the World Cup is, is what we are all now looking forward to as, as organizers in the cities. Uh, Victor, quickly, before we go on to, to the start of the MLS season, uh, most teams in preseason, what do you think of the, the, the opening match in, in Azteca and then the closing match in New Jersey? Um, yeah. New Jersey, the MetLife, not the most attractive, like Alex Parra, not the most well, attractive, I, but, but, but yeah. it's in a huge market. You know, I think I was less surprised than most people because I think following this from, from the bid, from the beginning stages, right, uh, I always thought those were the original parameters that, you know, Mexico was going to get the opening game and the final was going to be in, in New York, New Jersey. And then, you know, along the way, we got all these rumors, right, about, well, this could happen, that could happen. And then, you know, as of late, you know, this whole Arlington rumor kind of kind of caught on fire. Where, so you, you, know, you, you think it was wishful thinking? No, I'm, I'm saying, and I know things change over time, but I, you know, for me, it's kind of like, well, that was the original plan. And, and I kind of like it that, it, you know, for what New York is in the United States, right, it's, it's the biggest city. Uh, L.A. got the final last time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in that sense, uh, you know, it works out for the European uh, time zone, all that stuff. I, I think it uh, works great. New Jersey is also a great soccer market. It, there's, a, I mean, a lot of the... A lot of the coaches, a lot of the professional players in this country are, are from that area. Um, maybe it's fitting. And I, I think we probably didn't expect it because, again, like you mentioned, corruption with FIFA and, and you know, you thought maybe there might be something where, you know, the money would win out and Jerry Jones would get it up in Dallas. But uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. And, 
you know, obviously Mexico gets the opening game. Uh, there's controversy in Mexico about that, right? If maybe they just kind of, you know, gave up, uh, you know, World Cup of their own, but that's another conversation. And, and we'll keep talking about the organization of this and, and, and three countries coming together and, and the powers that be absolutely in, in, in making this a successful event. Um, we mentioned 1994, now 2026. 1994 was the start, uh, if you will, the, the, the chispa, the spark that got the MLS started. And, and, and we're about to start another MLS season. Uh, Victor, a lot of the teams... Uh, doing their preseason, and in particular, the, the Houston Dynamo, a, a team that that basically has said, look, we're going to get started, but we're also going to go to Mexico. If I'm not mistaken, this is now the second year that they visited Mexico in preseason, uh, in this case without Héctor Herrera. So that, I think, was a factor in some of this. But they visited, uh, and we're looking at video now from, from, from Chivas. Uh, they had some friendlies there. What are the positives and negatives of these trips in preseason to Mexico, Victor, it's it's good competition, it's bonding, it's 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 uh, it's coming together as a team. But it appears to me that for a week or so or ten days, there's no local media going down there and covering this like spring training, where literally the local uh, stations are there for every pitch, which is still amazing to me. Uh, preseason games. For baseball, there's already a bunch of them, and nobody that I know is consistently sending us live shots, uh, uh, Victor, from 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 Guadalajara. It, it just it just doesn't happen. So is this yeah. good and bad at the same time for the Dynamo? I, I like it. Um, you know, I think there's obviously the pros are what you mentioned, the competition, right, to place teams like Chivas, Atlas, Leones, Negros. I, I think. Uh, and even if it's their their fuerzas básicas, right? Their their lower teams, their B teams, their their academies. Um, you know, I think you're you're getting another culture. You're getting uh, teams that you know just by the U.S. Mexico rivalry. Uh, there's going to be more of that. What you mentioned, chispa, just uh, that fiery spirit in in those games, in those even if they're preseason games, as opposed to what you would have against MLS competition when they used to do it out in Arizona or, or Florida or, or wherever, right? Um, so I think from the competitive standpoint, there's that. I think, uh, like you said, the team bonding aspect of it, uh, getting away, um, you know, teammates being together for about a week and a half, a different country. I think that that worked well for uh, last year, right? I think especially with Herrera being the host in its home country. Um, you know, we saw videos of him giving everybody gifts, right? Like a luchador mask and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think that set the seeds for what ended up being the 2023 season where Herrera, I think, uh, still, I don't feel gets enough credit, but I think was a big part uh, of the bonding that this team had, um, the camaraderie on the field, and him himself, uh, you know, installing himself as a leader and, and as a credible voice among his teammates. So I think from that aspect, that that's the big one. But the other one, like you said, if you're talking about a team that, that's not pressing in its city, doesn't have the marketing, uh, yeah, you're out of sight, you're out of mind. And, and, and the reality is just that, that now the team is coming back to Houston. We think they're back. Then, then there's going to be more preseason games, if I'm not mistaken, in Orlando. Uh, and, 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 and literally the first match is, 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 is days away. Um, the reality, Victor, and it hurts me because, like you, I love this sport, is that there are more local stations right now 
down in Kissimmee getting ready for preseason spring training of Major League Baseball. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a negative. That's our current sports culture in Houston. And, and it's, right. in, in some ways, it's sad. Uh, the lack of coverage that's still there. Well, uh, it's, it's the reality. It's the reality, honestly. And I think, you know, the, the counterpoint is Inter-Miami, right? Uh, they're doing uh, tours all around the world. Media's traveling with them because of who they are and the players yeah. that they have. Uh, so maybe that's the answer that we, we, we have here for the, for the Dynamo, right? Uh, if they had a big star that commanded more media attention, um, maybe that would be that would be it. And obviously, you well, mentioned Herrera. Yeah. Herrera was there last year, and, and they got more media attention, I think, local, well, not locally, just down there in Mexico. Yeah. They had a few interviews down there, but I don't think enough, you know, obviously because Herrera with his injury wasn't present. But even then, I don't think they made enough of, uh, of getting out and just, you know, taking advantage of being in another World Cup city in Guadalajara. Sure, sure. Well, well Victor, let me, let me share, I guess, with, with our audience. And th these are the, the moments, I think, where, where we're a little different in, in our presentation, especially in this longer format. Um, the, the reality of what the Houston Dynamo as an organization did last year, Victor, when they made it to the U.S. Open Cup final, down in Fort Lauderdale against Miami, in the expectation of having Messi play, which he didn't, was that they paid. They basically traveled local media down there with the hope of that coverage, okay? Right. And, and, and my question is, the precedent that that sets is very interesting to me. For full disclosure, we traveled there on our own, and this is a, a sour grapes comment, uh, Victor, it's a decision they made no. on the charter to fly people. And, and, and look, I'm 100% okay with that. It's not about me. It's is now the president that in order to get attention away from home, they're going to have to travel media because that's the only way there's interest in the Houston Dynamo? It, 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 the it, short it, answer it, is yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes, because the media aren't going to put the cost in or, or cover the cost of traveling like they will for the Astros or the Rockets or the Texans. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think, you, you know, to answer your question, you want local coverage, uh, you're going to have to offer it up because, I, you know, that's the thing, too. You, they also have to agree to send their reporters down there for a week, right, or wherever you're going, if you're going to an away game. Um, and there won't be outlets uh, that, that agree to it for journalistic integrity. For example, the newspapers, I think, are very um, – you know, like the Houston Chronicle, right? I, I think it's very old school in that sense where, like, no, you know, we appreciate it, we can't accept it, right, just on principle um, because it almost looks like you're paying for coverage and that's not what we, you know, so even if, you know, you offer the five-star hotel, we're not going to take it. Um, so I do think that still that still exists, like I said, obviously, with, with the Chronicle, and I'll, I'll mention this with them because I think we, we, um, we didn't ask and we covered our costs regardless, but but again, I do think um, to get that attention, that, that is what they're going to have to do with some of the outlets. And, and look, Victor, I, I go back to it. Um, the, and I'm not, I'm not knocking the term you just used, journalistic integrity. All this is show business, Victor. And, and, and a right. very good friend of mine who you know, Enrique Vasquez, and I talk about this. This is entertainment. Uh, the, the stations... Uh, the broadcasters are in it for ratings and, and for money. For, there's nothing wrong with that. It, and, and I think we need to put that conversation behind us. This is all entertainment. This is all marketing. This is all business. 
Um, so I don't know if, if, if the Chronicle, if, if that's one, and I'm not picking on the Chronicle, is, is not saying, hey, put me on the charter. Sure, we can save some money. We still do coverage. As long as they're not dictating what it is I'm saying or how I'm saying it, censorship, right. if you will. I, I, think, I think we're perfectly fine, if you will. Uh, these are businesses that coexist and need each other. We need each other in, in many ways. I, I go back to my point, though, the, the reality of spring training and the coverage there and for the Houston Dynamo Dash, the reality of making the U.S. Open Cup final against the best player potentially in the history of the world, Victor, and still needing to convince people to cover it. Uh, that doesn't bode well, in my opinion. And, and, and maybe it's because of the sports culture in our town that some people just still consider soccer. Maybe, uh, I didn't maybe. play it. That's a foreigner sport. I'm going to say it. There's a lot of people that still have that mentality, Victor. They do. Um, but, you know, what's the excuse in Atlanta? And what's the excuse uh, out in L.A. with, with you know, LAFC and, and even the Galaxy, right, uh, with, with Seattle up, uh, up there? Yeah. Um, there are teams in MLS that have found a way to get local coverage. Uh, some of it has been results-based. Some of it has been big signings. Um, Miami right now, right? I mean, all the coverage that they're getting worldwide, and obviously Messi's a big part of that. But, I'm, you know, um, I think maybe different formula for different cities. But I think it's not impossible. And I think the biggest thing is, um, what, the biggest thing we're getting at is the club itself uh, needs to be more proactive uh, than wait on media to just cover them um, you know, just based on journalistic integrity, because again, uh, when it comes to the priority list, they're not they're not high up there. And, and look, as as we start looking in, at the season, and, and, and we we'll discuss in further podcasts how the team can potentially repeat some of the success from last season. They won't be surprising a lot of people anymore. Can Ben Olsen continue this? Will Hector Herrera be back? Will he be healthy? Uh, 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 Victor, uh, we were also recently at the Houston Sports Awards. Um, the, the presence there, for obvious reasons, was because they were away in Mexico. They weren't able to be present, like the Astros a few years ago. That's not where I'm going. But, but even locally, a lot of people still don't recognize these athletes that are with the Dynamo and the Dash. It, in many well, again, it doesn't help to not be present at things like that, right? I mean, you got, you got a whole bunch of media corps there uh, to be able to just talk in front of a different bunch of different outlets, and, and you don't have anybody uh, not from the team present. I mean, Tate Schmidt, even, right? Uh, somebody who's in, still injured, recovering, or, or just anybody, right? Um, and, and you mentioned results-based uh they got to be careful to think they can repeat uh, in advance too, to, to think they're going to just repeat what they did in 2023. I, I'd say look at 2017 and then we'll look what happened the years after. I mean, wow. it's not a for sure that, that, you know, uh, you know, Ben Olsen's got all the, all, all the keys and he's, you know, suddenly found, um, you know, success, right? Because it, it is going to get difficult here. Hector Herrera, that's a big question mark. Nelson Quinones got injured in uh, Olympic qualifying, so he's going to be out for a long time. Um, you know, the, the ninth position is still a question mark, right, with Sebastian Ferreira. Yeah, he's been scoring in preseason, but is that situation all fixed? Um, you know, what's going to happen there? Um, and, and we'll on do, and on we go. Sure, on and on we go, and we will in, in, in this Deportes Nation soccer podcast. Uh, l let me wrap up with this on, on, the, on the Houston Dynamo for now before we switch to the, the NWSL and the Houston Dash. Uh, Victor, is the MLS ready for prime time relative to the coverage, to the scrutiny, to the criticism? I think yes at a league level. 
are the Houston Dynamo ready? Well, you and I are blessed, privileged to be able to attend the media events. And, and the, the reporting is light, superficial, and positive. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying rarely have I seen a, an approach to coaches, to management, to players about why they're not winning. As we expect, number one, in other sports in this country, and number two, certainly the way the sport, football, calcio, football, is digested and lived almost everywhere else in the world. Are we ready for this next level of scrutiny, pressure, and questioning of the Houston Dynamo? Yeah, I think the uh, simplest way I can answer is some people are and some people aren't. Um, and, you know, I think there's certain players, right? Hector Herrera, Franco Escobar, and Eric Sviachenko, guys that have been at the, at the big stage or in big leagues, they know how to handle that. Yeah. Uh, they know here it's obviously uh, way tempered down. Um, but I think as competitors, they like that sort of uh, challenge, right? Um, They're used to they, it. And they relish the attention as well, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, that, that's all part of competitive sports. And we see it in, in the other leagues here in the United States. Why shouldn't it be in soccer? Um, I don't think, you know, some of the coaches maybe, right? Because I think, and, and not just coaches, general managers, for an office staff, I think they've all been protected all around MLS. Uh, like you said, a lot of softball questions, uh, even just remotely, um, not hard, but just upfront questions uh, just rubs them the wrong way. So I think, but again, having uh, more media present, having that presence, you know, that's what'll. That's the only thing that'll get him used to it. That's the only thing that's going to change, uh, as we've said uh, here in Houston, right? Change the culture uh, around our sport nationally, regionally, however you want to put it. And that's a big thing that the World Cup's going to do as well. So, uh, I mean, if they're not ready, they better because that, there's really no no turning back now. World Cup's coming here in two years. Let me let me wrap this before we talk about the the, the dash on the media side, Victor. I, I think the lack of education in the sport from the media is is also in their defense is 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 a um, is a reality a lot of the sports casters the the entertainers that cover sports in our city have never been exposed to the sport i think they stay away from it because frankly they don't know it and and i get that it's it's like me trying to cover um, I don't know, lacrosse, it, it, it looks great, but, but, but I, I don't know much about it. We have to all, we all have limitations, right? And I think the sports Maybe. media culture Maybe. has to change, Victor. And, and, and I'm, where I'm going with this, Victor, is a lot of us that are bilingual and bicultural, Victor, grew up with multiple sports because of where we came from. That gives us, as the city changes, a different outlook, the traditional stations, and I'll mention the ESPN radio and people like that, they're unidimensional in what they cover. They're traditionalists. That's ending, Victor, and I think they're threatened by that. And that's one of the pluses that our sport has. Our sport is the present and the future. Some of these other sports are dying out, and sports coverage is going to die out, Victor. At least that's the way I look at it. Perhaps. I, I look at it maybe a different way. I think uh, there's only a couple ways to change it. One is obviously um, 
you you dive into the sport, you learn more about it, sure. right? Uh, if if you're a journalist, you know, and you're going to cover something, um, you you soak up as much information, even if you already know enough, right? About a you a never know enough, sport. yeah. So I think that that's one side of it. The other side of it is, um, this is where we don't talk enough about the, the decision makers, uh, the editors, the directors, uh, the people in charge. Um, if you don't have somebody that's an expert on a certain subject and you need to get one, go out and hire somebody. Um, there's nothing stopping stations from doing that. There's nothing stopping newspapers. There's nothing stopping uh, any outlets from doing that if they want to get serious about the coverage. So I think, um, you know, there's there's different ways of looking at it. But I, I mean, the audience is there. I think we've seen it. The audience is there. The audience is there. It's growing. It's changing. Again, Victor, I go to the, the and I say this all the time, I go to the dark ages of soccer in the city. Uh, I happen to be the assistant coach for a team called the Houston Force. We were called the Houston Farce, by the way, the team only uh, existing a couple of months. Uh, and and, and, and that, that, that's a story for another day. But, but, Victor, there was no coverage for soccer. The Chronicle, actually, the Post and the Chronicle came out to one game because there's, there's an article somewhere in an archive uh, about, about the team uh, I believe training over at Azteca Park back in the day. This is a long time ago, Victor. But my point is, you're right, the, 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 the culture is changing, but I think this needs to be, this needs to be sped along, Victor. We're, we're in 2024. It's, it's time for some of these dinosaurs to die out and our sport to be better yeah. accepted and better covered. And, 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 man, if we don't and this doesn't change soon, I ask myself why. I'll put it this way. There's a lot of, uh, of businesses in Houston um, that have bilingual staff, right? Uh, a big reason is because if you don't have uh, your businesses and serving people who speak Spanish, you're losing a big customer base. And I think it's the same way here. Um, if you're not going at soccer, um, well, maybe they don't see the customer base, but the customer base is there. And if you want to go after it, I mean, that's, that's again, that's up to you. Absolutely. So, so we will continue. Also, the media watch. Who's covering it? Why are they covering it? You know what? My props lately to Fox 26. And by the way, I'm an alum of Fox 26 many, many years ago working there in news. Uh, it's always about me, Victor. And you, you, ladies and gentlemen, you know that. <laughs> I always throw something in there about me. But, you know, you know the, the station has done a good job in covering the sport lately. And, and, and I'm happy and proud of that. I think they're also seeing the market that's involved in that coverage. They're not doing it necessarily out of the kindness of their hearts. Again, this is all business and entertainment. Oh, Victor? Big yep. Fox has the World Cup rights, so it's almost, I mean, you should, you have to. And, I, you know, they, to be fair, they, they've covered it uh, probably better than most of the local English stations. Absolutely. Um, for, for, for a little while now. And, and I also give love to the local Spanish stations in, in Telemundo and Univision because they've been, they've been there at it too as well. So, uh but, you know, again, I think uh, I go back to it. When they do something important, when the Dynamo Dash is something important, uh, you know, it, it pops up. So, and it's not all on the outlets either. I know I know fans like to, you know, to say, why aren't you covering the, the teams enough, right? Um, but I also think, uh, you know, part of it is on the teams as well. Yeah. It's yeah. a two-way street. It is. It is. So they're talking a little bit about the MLS and the Houston Dynamo as they get ready to start their season. But why don't we switch gears a little bit and talk about the other local professional team, the Houston Dash yeah. NWSL, another team that for a, a week or so also decided, you know what, I'm not sticking around here. And they headed 
to Tucson. Even more out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, uh, you know, I, and I always, it, it's a little rough. I, I mean, because I know we, we all sort of have a, a soft spot for women's sports. And we want it to succeed, and, and maybe we take it a little easier than, than, than we do with the men's. Um, I think it's, it's just kind of, it is fact. Um, because, again, it, for as much as we talk about Dynamo not getting coverage in this town, the dash get even less. And and I agree with you here in, in this sense. I mean, what was the point of going out to Tucson? Um, I don't see what they did there that they couldn't do, not even just locally, but even, I mean, even if you just, if you wanted to get out of town, go to a resort type of deal, right? Uh, why not go up the road at Austin, right? I mean, you're the only, well, we'll get to that. Not, not, not no more, but they used to be the only professional women's team in, in the state of Texas. And, and again, I know there's problems locally with coverage and getting people out to the stadium, but again, I just I don't ever see why the lack of vision to grow the game locally isn't there. Uh, and with Austin not having an NWSL team or a USL uh, Super League team, um, I, I just don't see that side of it. And and again, well, at least when the Dynamo did it, there was a uh, you know all the MLS teams congregated there. It was sort of like MLB spring training. In this case, uh, I'm, I'm a little lost. I'm scratching my head on this one. Uh, look, look, the, the NWSL, and we're going to talk about this topic here at, at, toward the end of this segment, um, is, is still working on getting its legs underneath it, beneath it as a league, to continue filling stadiums consistently, um, signings this offseason, including Maria Sanchez, and the millions that have been spent on player salaries is certainly... A positive thing, Victor. I, I, I know and I've heard the horror stories of professional players, not only women recently, but men back in the day who, yeah, they would have a signing of a serious player, but, but most, uh, most, most rostered players, this was a, they had to have a second job to, to pay the rent, yeah. to, to feed themselves and their families. So that is improving, which tells me investors, new owners... Uh, are, are coming in and realizing and, and putting their, their, their money where their mouth is, which is good. I appreciate that. Now, let's go back to the coverage, the lack of coverage, uh, uh, Victor. Is it sexism? Is it, is it still in a, from a place of ignorance? Is it from a place of, well, I don't know that, so why should I go there? And, and, and maybe I'll throw all of that at you and say, how can Shell Energy now go from more than two or three or 4,000 core fans that fill the lower bowl to fill the entire stadium or at least get into the seven to 10,000 attendance range. Is that a reality, Victor, in the next couple of years? Yes. yes. Hell yes, it is. I, you know, I think we've been conditioned to think that it can't be that way, right? Uh, especially, you know, I, I go out to dash games and I, you know, I've I won't mention who I spoke to, but, you know, but it's one of these things where it's, um, you know, I went to a game and it was one of the better attended games, uh, like 5,000 people. And I got told, you know, like that, that's it. Like, come on, man. That's, that's, and I, you know, that's, that's sorry, right? Like, that's not, that's not good enough. I mean, you're in Houston, Texas, you got all these soccer fans. And, and I was like, you know what? You're right. I, We've been so conditioned to seeing 2,000, you know, 1,500 or whatever are out there that 5,000 seems good enough. Why shouldn't we aim for the whole stadium? Why can't that entire stadium be full? Yeah. Why, you know, 
and and that's why I'm glad. I mean, with, I, I know we'll get to it, but you know, Fran Alonso, the new coach, uh, coming out and 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 kind of putting that out there, setting the high bar. I mean, that is what it should be. And I wish more of the of, of the club, the owner, would would take that same kind of stance and um and then don't be afraid to fail, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Maybe that's that's by their lack of marketing. I don't know, but I, I mean, I just think. Um, you know, I know there's different things, right? I mean, one of them is, like we mentioned, they got to do their own part to, to put themselves out there to get the coverage, um, you know, because maybe some of it is there's only so much space on the on the dinner table, right? And yeah. there's, there's, you know, the Dasher or just don't fit in there with, with all the other plates, right? The Texans, the Rockets, you know, the Dynamo are, are, are you know, <laughs> um, struggling as it is. But I think... Uh, yeah, I'd go back to your question. I mean, why shouldn't it be full? I mean, San Diego does it, LA does it, Portland does it in the NWSL. Why, why shouldn't in Houston, Texas, in a World Cup city, we aspire to have that stadium full? Victor, so so let me let me give you my thoughts on why and what needs to happen as a suggestion, not necessarily as the only response or answer. The team has continued They've been consistent about not reaching that threshold of more than consistently 5,000 fans, uh, except for that one playoff match, which, which, which we were at, which, which was amazing. Yeah. And, and I, I really miss... But it wasn't a sellout. No, it was I not mean, a sellout. It it, you're right. It was not a sellout. Well, the Dynamo games are not sellouts. Uh, even uh, with, last year, no. Even no, with, the entire year, no. Yes, even not with one. winning. Even with winning. So, so, so let me go back to a couple of observations that I think contribute to the lack of attendance. The mistake the Dynamo have now owned, the Dynamo Dash professional organization, is the arrangement they previously had with Dynamo Dash Youth Club, which was not their academy. It was an independent club that basically was marketing the name, wearing the jerseys, and providing, in their words, the pathway to professionalism. Um, they've disavowed that 100%. But the legacy of six, seven years of that, Victor, is still deep-rooted in youth clubs in the city who should be, in many ways, supporting both of these clubs. So I think that's yeah, one, one piece. Years now. Damn near their whole history, because I think the academy system started around 2007. So I think, uh, yeah, and we're just talking about the youth sector there. We're what? not talking about the casual fans. We're not talking about the authentic soccer fans. Um, and that's what they're wrestling against. Well, they're wrestling against also a, a lack of trust, Victor. When you use the word poaching players, when we talk about um, uh, local clubs uh, having direct competition because of the name and the logo and the jersey, um, there, there is no trust. Right. That, that, that's my right. understanding. Number one, there's no trust. But in any relationship... That takes time to rebuild, Victor. And that's, I think, one of the realities that both clubs, the Dash and the Dynamo, have to look at. How are we going to get the thousands, hundreds of thousands, of soccer-playing families back or getting them to our stadium if, if we haven't built that trust? That's not going to happen overnight. That, that may not even happen with winning uh, 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 another trophy, and that, that's a very unique situation for the city, Victor, because I'm going to say this. The organization alienated many people in the past. That's just the truth. Now, 
How, no, do, you, how do you start working on that? So that's, that's a big piece of it, Victor. How can they fill the stadium? The other part of it, Victor, is the competition. You now have a Houston Texans team, which you and Enrique Vasquez cover very well, that's on the rise. A Houston Astros team that continues to win and continues to appeal to the hearts of the community. The Rockets are up and coming. The, the, the landscape is still very, very difficult to navigate. Sports in general, we spoke about this a few minutes ago, World Cup tickets, Super Bowl tickets, costs are only going to go up. Families at some point have to make choices. So that's all part of the, the competition in this city. So I think, number one, they have to work on the youth piece and, and, and building the bridge and trust with the youth. Second, continue hammering away when it comes to marketing. And even being, Victor, from my perspective, uh, being a little selfish about, you know what, we can't compete at a high level. We are comparing ourselves to these teams. Is it true? Is it not true? You, we will have to see. What have we worked on, Victor? Some of the, 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 the game broadcast in English and Spanish, that needs, there needs to be more of that. There's still a lot of people that don't know the quality of product that exists at Shell Energy Stadium, and that's a shame. It is, uh, but I think maybe it's, you know, again, you got to see the positive and see the opportunity. Um, it is good that, it, you know, the other teams are doing well. I think uh, if you take it as a mentality, right, I'll, I'll take one from the Texans, uh, a T-shirt that Miko Ryan likes to wear, iron sharpens iron, right? Um, this is the moment now that you can, you know, why not, um, you know, maybe not aim to beat them, right? Because I think, you know, you got, you got to keep it realistic. But anything those other teams are doing, you got to be doing at least. Uh, you got to at least attempt to do a fraction of that. Yeah. Uh, match some of that. Match some of the um, the efforts they make in the community, the efforts they make for media coverage. Um, if the Texans are being available, there's no reason for the Dynamo and Dash not to be available in, in the same extent, right? And I think, you know, those are the little things. Uh, regaining trust is a big part of it, but how do you do it? You just one foot in front of the other. And, uh, and, and, and keep building your steps. Victor, quickly, do you think the Apple TV deal has hurt uh, the, 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 the league, has hurt the Dynamo in particular because people that don't have access just aren't catching the games? I don't. I don't because they probably weren't catching the games before, maybe. I mean, I, you know, I think again, there's pros and cons to everything, right? Uh, I don't think there's a – I don't think it's a big con – uh, or a big disadvantage uh, to be associated with one of the best technology companies in the world uh, in Apple, right? And to have that, that reach, um, I think, again, missed opportunity. You have content on there that maybe isn't updated as regularly as it should, uh, or the content that you have maybe isn't striking, you know, the right nerves in certain people, right? I don't know if you're making enough fans, if you're making taking enough advantage of having uh, that platform, right? Um, and I don't think that stops them from doing local programming. Uh, hey, the Dynamo and Dash can rent airtime on, on local stations and do a review show uh, like Austin does, like I think Cincinnati does. Again, it's the effort. Um, if they want the coverage or if they want to be out there and, and, and display themselves, they can. There's nothing stopping them. There's, they don't have hands tied behind their back. And I think, again, that's why I always point to effort when I talk about you know, you don't have to match Texans dollar for dollar. You don't have to match the Astros dollar for dollar in marketing efforts. Um, but you can match them in hustle. Isn't that what we're talking about? Uh, hustling for more? That's the that's the theme this season? 
let's hope so. If they do it, they can earn some people back and they can they can put some butts in the seats for sure. Talking a little bit here on the Deportes Nation soccer podcast, Alex Parra, Victor Araiza. Thanks to all of you that follow us and listen to us and tolerate us. Uh, we were talking about the NWSL in the Houston Dash. And, and just today, Victor, we, we had the opportunity to attend an event at uh, Shell Energy Stadium, which was uh, the, the final official welcome of, uh, of uh, Fran Alonso as the new head yeah. coach of the team. It took a little while, but he's here. He's here again. Maybe he could have been presented last week with uh, if they've been here locally, whatever. I mean, guys in town did the press conference. I think there's a lot of good things that came out of it. Um, again, we can, if you want to get serious about where the dash are, we can, we can nitpick at some stuff. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing, uh, inspiring story, what he said, yeah. uh, started out, um, you know, going on a dream to England. Um, you know, I think he, he said, uh, you know, he was a cleaner at a facility and then he you know became a translator because he was, and then he became an assistant coach. And I mean, so this is a guy that relishes in challenges. Um, certainly has a good story. We'll see now what he does with resources. Uh, he certainly put the time in. Um, and again, I, I applaud him for not being afraid of, you know, going out there and, and setting the bar high and saying, I want this place full. Yeah. I, you know, I want to raise the, the level of the women's game. And, and I hope that he does. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of enthusiasm for the first year, and I hope it doesn't get killed. I hope it doesn't die down um, because that corporate environment that still exists, it does. Um, I think, uh, again, uh, hopefully it doesn't hamper some of those ambitions, and, and hopefully they are able to get out in the community, like he said. I'll mention one real quick. Um, from what I heard, uh, and you know, I'll keep it at sources, not, many, not much different from the aspirations that uh, Juan Carlos Amoros had when he was uh, the coach here. He wanted to, you know, aim high and, you know, for one reason or another, didn't see eye to eye. Um, that's why I mentioned I hope uh, they're all in on Fran Alonso and I hope they, they're able to back him and I hope it works. The, the word mentioned in, in, the, uh, in the presentation, Victor, was energy and, and, and certainly he brings the energy. He, uh, he is charismatic in the sense of being multilingual, multicultural, something that we can um, identify with a lot in this city. Um, the, the, the players themselves seem to be uh, enthusiastic, even though they started preseason without him physically being here because of visa issues. That's now behind them. So I sense the energy um, and also the, the, the approach to the game is going to be aggressive. They're trying to do uh, uh, being a high-scoring team. I, I, look, I, I wish him and them well in the sense of this is a good time for this team to take off. Um, we're going to talk about shortly about the USL um, Super League, apparently uh, trying to bring in some competition. But, but women's sports is being recognized in so many ways. Victor, this team has stories to be told. Not only Maria Sanchez, not only uh, 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 Ordonez. Um, there, there's a player, uh, a local player, uh, Barbara Olivieri, who played locally in the Katy uh, area. She went to Texas A&M. Now she's playing with her hometown team, if you will. Um, it, it, those stories need to be told. To me, they can inspire so many boys and girls locally to say, I can do this. I can be a part of this. That's part of the job, I think, of, of any organization, to tell those stories. Coach Fran's story is, is amazing, is inspiring. And, and, and those things have to be told. And 
I'm going to say this not in a flippant way, but if they have to, Victor, um, do that and, 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 and pay for that coverage, they need to do it because those stories just need to be told. Does that make sense? No, I, I agree. Um, they have to put it out there as much as they can. Again, uh, they don't control what people air or what they print, uh, but they can they can suggest it, right? They can ask. You don't lose anything by asking. Um, that's part of it. The other part of it is uh, these players, uh, these coaches, uh, the sprint office, they all have to be accessible as well. I know um, I find it a, a bit sad, I think, because I, I believe we asked, or somebody asked on the first day of preseason, you know, what, what else do they got to do to – um, unless I'm mistaken, I think, you know, the answer of some of the players were, well, I think we're doing as much as we can. Right. And, mm. and I, I disagree with that. I don't think they are. Um, and I think, and maybe, you know, maybe it's a, it's a side effect of the women's game where you got to work harder to get, uh, you know, to, to get some of that attention. Um, I'm not saying completely do for free. Right. I think players can get endorsements. There's, there's ways to do it. Um, but I do think that, you know, whatever call it selfish call it for your own brand but i think players need to get out there more players need to sometimes take the the handle on their stories as well because uh, sometimes you know in spite of the club not doing it um again uh, fran alonso says he wants to be community-based i i hope that it doesn't just stop there i hope the dine the dash i'm sorry um put him out there as much as possible i i wish some of these players were out there as much as possible schools uh there could be local trainings i mean be open to that kind of stuff i know there's things maybe the nwsl player association you know with with some of these things but again i I think uh you just can't keep it at in the confines of that stadium and just you know post game player autographs and think that's enough getting into into the community i i look i agree with you and i i know I, i don't know personally but I imagine that beyond you being a full-time athlete, it, it, it's a burden to, to be around people and sign autographs and make appearances. But I think that's part of your job description. You and I talked about this, uh, Victor. Uh, media, um, how to deal with the media, how to answer media. Training is important. Uh, telling your story, yeah. not, not being short in your answers. Having a thought about what you're going to be saying is important. But I think that's part of the maturing the growing process of any entity, Victor, it's, it's growing, it's getting better. And, and I'll let you have the last word on this. Well, we hear about the investment as well, right? I mean, if you, if you have to pay the athletes a a little extra, right. To make appearances, figure out how you're going to do it. But I think, you know, it has to come from the organization, the players, both hand in hand, getting out as much as possible. Uh, You know, one event a year for season ticket holders isn't enough. Yeah. You know, I think it, it needs to be a constant campaign, a constant effort. Uh, and that's how you're going to get little by little people to the stadium. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the NWSL, the Houston Dash in particular, here on the Deportes Nation Soccer Podcast. Alex Parra, Victor Araiza. Uh, and Victor, in the last couple of days, there was news that U.S. soccer, they made news a lot in the last get-together, in the last gathering, um, but, but, but the, the sanctioning of the USL Super League as a Div 1 Women's League, which is the same exact sanctioning, as I understand it, as the NWSL. My question is this. We just talked about the uphill battle that this league has in order to fill stadiums, in order to have more television and media coverage. 
why would U.S. soccer suddenly say, you know what, they need competition? Because basically that's what it is. It's not going to be in the same markets necessarily to start with. There's, there's been a list of, of cities uh, in this inaugural 2024 season. But we need to dig deeper into this, Victor. How, from my perspective with limited information that I have, is your product of Div 1 is only starting. It's finally trying to uh, gather some traction. And now you're going to have competition for the same potential market? I don't see it at this point in time unless greater well, minds than mine have a bigger plan, maybe a merger and a growth. Well, I think in the fine print, uh, you know, says that as long as they have, you know, a certain percentage of teams in, in major markets, they can apply for Division One status. And that's certainly what's happened here. So, uh, again, I'm not going to pretend to know all the details, but I think just on the surface, uh, I, I think competition is good. Um this is a different situation in, in the United States where you don't have promotion relegation. So, you know, it, you know, it's not like you can just say, Hey, well, I mean, here's division one, there's 20 teams and you know, you want to get in there, you, you, you know, you do pro rail. Right. Um, so why shouldn't there be multiple uh, division ones? I, I may not, well, ag I don't agree with it, but yeah. I mean, there's that. Um, well, I, well, I think maybe the schedules are going to be different. The biggest thing I say, competition's good, and, and it's good as well for the NWSL because, I mean, they do need somebody to light a fire under them to, to maybe, you know, get going in some markets, uh, Houston, like we've mentioned. Look, co competition is good, Victor. I, I, I agree with that. But at some point, you have to be realistic. As U.S. soccer, um, again, the entity under FIFA, the right. most corrupt organization right. in the world, I keep going back to that. The motivation behind doing some of these things. If you're trying to grow the sport, but you know what? This happens at the youth level, Victor, to be honest with you. ECNL uh, and, and, and the GA, for instance, these are competing businesses that U.S. soccer has said, you know what? Go for it. Go conquer. And by the way, what's my take? Uh, by the way, well, the how much are you thing? sending back to me? That, that, that's, their yeah. that's their priority. And it's okay. This is all a business, Victor. And not that I think it'll happen in the men's game, but does this set a precedent uh, for MLS and, and a separate Division One? Maybe after the World Cup. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's opening a can of worms, but hey, if the rules if the rules say it can happen, then you know, all power to the to the USL. And and look, what if they put a better product on the field? What if they get more fans out to games? That's only good for the sport. It is. It is. Look, strictly speaking, what you said is correct. Competition is good. But be careful, Victor, because what happens next? Maybe NFL owners now get behind this other league and they're paying in their stadiums. And now one day there's direct competition here in Houston or in Texas for, for, for those markets. This is a business. That's what drives all of this. Um, speaking of competitions, Victor, as we jump to something else and we, we start wrapping up this uh, latest edition of our Deportes Nation soccer podcast, Copa America is coming. Talk about business. Talk about what that means and the potential uh, that, that that tournament has, again, to start and continue that spark going. And certainly with matches in our city as well, in the state of Texas, it's very, very accessible to us. It is. And I think it's in a way uh, uh, a mini World Cup, right? It, you know, to a lesser extent, to, to a fraction of what the World Cup's going to be. Uh, we are going to see some high profile games uh, with the South American nations coming here. Um, you know, again, the more the merrier, and I think certainly for our uh, our local teams, right, the United States, Mexico, Canada, to have this sort of competition uh, helps them as well in a competitive tournament as opposed to 
maybe the, what the Gold Cup is. I mean, that's just, again, the reality of it. Uh, so it's great. And as early as February in Houston, we also have the CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup. The W Gold Cup, yeah. There you go. Um, about time, right? <laughs> or maybe we can get the Women's Champions Cup uh, going up here soon. Um, and, and that's another thing to think about with this, you know, super, the USL, NWSL thing. Is Would there be a, a Super Cup for that, for those leagues? But, yeah, why not, uh, why not have this regionally? I don't know. I think, again, all these things are... It's it's been overdue, right? And maybe a lot of it is because of the investment or the lack of the investment. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to see that finally get get rolling. And Victor, as again, as 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 complicated and as negative that I may sound in some of these topics, we're living a golden age of soccer. To be honest with you, never did I dream in our city of Houston, Copa America. Never did I dream that we'd have a stadium dedicated, a soccer-specific stadium. Never did I think in Houston we'd have. A, a World Cup coming to our city. So uh, I, 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 I smile because regardless of the details of the issues, this the certainly in my lifetime is the best soccer has certainly uh, 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 the best position that soccer has been in in my lifetime. Uh, Victor, as we wrap up, any thoughts about what you're looking forward to here in the next week of coverage? I know that literally we're right around the corner of the start of another MLS season. Yeah, uh CONCACAF Champions Cup has started. Uh, we've, we've seen an upset, right, with uh, Real Esteli uh, uh, locally to America. I know maybe the, the Dynamo don't get uh, to travel as much as some fans would like. Uh, that should theoretically help them, though, right, in, in their hopes to maybe advancing, uh, but it, it's going to be tough. Uh, but we'll be watching that. Uh, of course, we'll be watching the, the run-up to the NWSL. Um, again, uh, a lot of soccer to go, but locally there's there's some high school games i know uh, again you work on the youth side there's there's a lot of games there every weekend so um you know again the biggest thing the biggest takeaway i take is uh you got two years up to the world cup and i really hope the the local teams take advantage of that and, and build on it as much as as much as they can uh rather than just kind of waiting for 2026 to arrive no i i feel there's a fire that's been lit uh victor with with the with the naming of the uh of the uh, of the venue specifically how many games each venue will receive and, and i really feel in, in houston for sure um the 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 support will be there and that that means the the sponsors that means the 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 attention that will be drawn to this to this unique and and uh amazing event that's coming uh victor we have to say adios goodbye uh hasta luego for now but uh, victor uh thank you like always it's, it's great to be beside you as the co-host of this Deportes Nation Soccer Podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Victor, I'm Alex. Until next time, when we come together, talk a little bit about soccer, football, calcio, whatever you prefer here on Deportes Nation. Mm -hmm.